Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it had a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> uh, never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. It's Friday, and for the second week in a row, I get to sit back and chill out and let smart, smarter people than I talk some Bengals football. And we've got quite the star-studded cast. I'm Anthony Cazenza, not of the star-studded cast, but I am joined by Ace Boogie, Matt Minnick, Zim Hude, John Sheeran, all part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. It's been a long time since we've been able to get all five of us together. Uh, hey, Ace, I'll start with you, bud. How you doing? Doing pretty good. And AC, stop selling yourself short, bro. You're definitely one of the stars of the pod for sure. Uh, but I'm doing great. Good. Good to see you guys. And uh, your partner in crime, Zim, down there joining us. What's going on, Zim? Just chilling, man. Rocking in the free world. Just trying to make it happen. Uh, I appreciate you guys being here. Let's do this, boys! Well, I can't, I can't wait to talk about a particular backup quarterback situation with you sometime in this episode. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. We're not going down that road today. We, we, let's talk you, with this guy. Let's talk Joey B. I feel like I'm going to get too amped up talking about that guy you're talking about. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see where, where we go here. Uh, John, my, my usual partner in crime. What's going on, man? Uh, we've had a, we've had a busy couple of weeks on our show. Good to see you again, dude. Surrounded by La, La Familia, you know, life is good right now. <laughs> La Familia, that's right. And it's been a long time since we've been able to hang with him because he's an expecting father very soon here. Coach Matt Minnick, congratulations on your uh, forthcoming son on the way here. And uh, what's you have one hell of a shirt on. We've been talking about this, this is a conversation before. Yeah, this is, a, this is a good find. Oh, uh, my gosh. I'm very great. happy. Uh, very happy with this purchase. Very cool. You know, it's a little hot up here in Rhode Island today. Uh, you know, but uh, starting the long weekend. You know, get the get the fan in here going. Get the get the Tiger Hawaiian shirt going. So, uh, you know, ready to ready to relax a little bit before two big storms come on me: the baby storm and the NFL season storm. So, uh, you know, yeah, excited to be here. Been well, been a good. while, and and you know what, like. It, Someday they'll they'll fix Game Pass and get that thing going, and maybe you'll see a little bit more of me. But uh, God, I was just like, ah, what? Got to do another burrow, but got to do another burrow. But nope, not here. All right, whatever. <laughs> I want, I, you know, I really wanted to do a, a BJ Hill video. I was just like, I just got frustrated looking for him. I guess it's not even worth it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's been a that's been a thorn on a lot of people's side recently. Oh yeah, that's a, uh, that's a different conversation for another time, I guess. But. We're bringing you a super show. It's Labor Day yeah. weekend up upon us here. Uh, looks like looks like John's already in celebration mode, having a little seltzer down there. I love that. And it's for the brand, man. At, at this point, it's just expected. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag ad, right? Uh, so, yeah. look, we're we're going to be talking about some topics. We're going to bring uh, bring in some of your questions. So, get in touch with us. Nine four nine five four two six two four one is a call or text line. We'll be monitoring that. There are a lot of live feeds on the Orange and Black Insider. You, uh, YouTube channel, 
Twitter account, Cincy Jungle's Twitter account. Uh, we're also on Zim Hooday's YouTube page, The New Stripe City, slash Orange is the New Black YouTube channel, and Cincy Jungle's Facebook page. There's a post on Cincy Jungle. There is no excuse for you to get your questions in, to not get your questions into us. So we, I, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Matt Bat lead off because uh, he's the expecting father, and he's it's been a little while since we've talked to him. But before we do, Matt, I gotta I gotta text here from the nine three seven area code. This is from Kevin S, and he says I'm having a baby boy today. Would be great if you can give me a big shout out on the show today, who day? And his baby boy is going to be um, uh, going to be named Caden Caden S. So. Congratulations to the uh, to the expecting father there. That was a cool text that we received shortly before the air, and I wanted to start off with that before we get to any question. So, congratulations there. I like yeah. it. Yeah, pod, pod first, baby second. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Love uh, the loyalty. Yeah. So, so, Matt, what are you seeing here in the in the live chats that uh, you want to you want to lead off with, or or did you have kind of a topic of your own that you wanted to kick us off with? Uh, you know what? I, I actually, I mentioned it that I, w- I wanted to do a BJ Hill video. Uh, couldn't really do that. So I think a couple of the bigger things that have happened, bringing in BJ Hill. Uh, I think Wyatt Ray is a pretty interesting add, you know, with the loss to Joseph Asai. So we've seen a lot of changes on the O-line, which we'll get to. We've seen a lot of changes on the D-line, including, you know, bringing in a new coach in, in Marion Hobby. Um you know, with how that is filtered out, how does everybody feel about, about this D-line? Are we going to be able to get pressure this year? Yeah, I think I think we will be able to. I mean, I think Marion Hobby kind of has had that same kind of effect that Frank Pollock has had, just being a coach that can come in and raise, raise the level of the defensive line. And not only just from a pass rush standpoint, from a run defense standpoint, it seems now, obviously this is a preseason. So it's a very small sample size. There's vanilla offenses. So you can't put all your eggs in the preseason basket. Uh, But just from what we've seen, they, to me, look noticeably different than how they performed last season. And I just want to point out one more thing, like friend of the pod uh, and a big, big time, you know, uh, fan or Bengals fans, uh, Mike Daniels, like, unbelievable that like he came in and saved that defensive line like they desperately needed him last year and this year they were able to let him go so I mean just thinking about that you know for where they were year you know one year to the next uh crazy that that at this point Mike Daniels is a cut uh John what do you think about that up in any I, I, I bring it sure. to you because I know you're the saddest because I, I I know you like talking about your your anime with uh with, with Mike and <laughs> I mean, man, like when they when they traded for Hill, it was just like, okay, they're going 11 or they're getting someone that is going to be pretty good. And I guess it makes sense that it's Daniels because he's six years older than Hill. And I, I think I, we, we talked about this on Wednesday. This is a, a transaction, a decision that I think it, it fits like what a lot of Bengals fans want this team to do just to make the improvements wherever they can, even if that means letting go of someone who's obviously – well-loved in the locker room and well-loved within the fan base. Like, Mike Daniels is a good player, but I think for what they're going to ask B.J. Hill to do, he fits it better. And they made a great trade in offloading Billy Price to get him. So if if that's what it takes to get this move done, then it, it, it's got to happen. I'll, be, I'll, I'll miss him. I'll, I'll miss watching him, like, reading all the stories about him in the locker room. But, you know, the, the team got better, and that's, that's really what the business is about. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and we'll get to later what trading Billy Price and cutting Michael Jordan has done to the depth in the O-line. Uh, not necessarily bad thing, but definitely uh, not any really experience past that that first unit. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I think you make some good points that like these tough, hard decisions, like when have we been in this situation before? You know, uh, like recently where you could cut guys, you could cut Michael Jordan, you know, like you had to start Michael Jordan last year. Like now, now thinking about having the versatility to be able to cut him, having the versatility to be able to cut Daniels. I mean, they've definitely found a way to, to bring in more guys and make it more competitive in, in, in camp. Uh, I mean, Zim, is that the way you're, you're seeing it? Yeah, for me, you know, I just thought that if you paid attention, I guess behind the scenes, I'm looking at Mike Daniels. They set him out the week three preseason game. So, you know, I guess behind the scenes, we're we're talking about like upcoming season stuff, you know. So I thought it was, uh, you know, that's that's the part of the, you know, the business of the NFL that most people don't get a chance to see. You always hear these stories about players uh, wanting more money and different things like that. But it what I don't feel like they communicated that to him properly, I guess. And it caught us, you know, a little blindsided as well as a result. Um, but I do think we, like you said, it, you know, you, if you're ascending or you're building onto this, this foundation that you have, you, you're, you're going to be allowed the luxury of having some veteran leadership and guys that maybe don't play at a top tier level, but they offer a lot more in the locker room. But I guess the Bengals felt like they had, you know, enough leadership in the building where they could sacrifice some of that. And and like you said, once BJ Hill hit the roster, I immediately, I mean, you saw me probably on Twitter too, John, I, I was saying the same thing. I listed, you know, about 12 guys and I was like, yeah, like there's no way that they can keep more than 10 of these guys. And, and that's exactly what happened. I've seen different scenarios where they had 11, but then one thing that I've been harping on the whole offseason is I think the Bengals know that they aren't going to have the best defense in the in the in the division, or they know that they're not going to have the best offense in the division, or maybe they will, or maybe they won't. They don't know. But one thing is that I think it's very clear is that they're putting a big emphasis on special teams, like with Stanley Morgan and and, and opting for Wilcox. So you know, like they're going, you know, the bad reps that you can find from Moss are like you know special team stuff. So you know. And Jalen Davis, too, I'd say, you know, like right. he looked pretty good on defense, a lot better than he did on defense last year in the preseason. But he right. definitely showed some things on special teams, too. Exactly. And and that's one of the things I when the, when the offseason started, I said, I think they're absolutely going to have to make up for some of their deficiencies through special teams. And they've done that a lot in their roster building. And I don't think it afforded them the luxury of carrying 11 at that position. Uh, Anthony, one of your first questions was, you know, how do we feel about that defensive line? I feel really good about the defensive line as a result. I think, Matt, you asked about the pressure. I don't feel as strong as, you know, I guess about the edge position. But I think with the amount of three techs and the guys that they have up front, I think they made a big conservative effort to say, we are going to absolutely put in our 4-3 base package when we go against the Browns. We are going to go, you know, like that against the Ravens. And we're going to make sure that nobody runs up the middle on us. It's going to be really tough. And they upgraded that a lot. So I, I am really, really, really happy with what they've done at defensive line, especially, like you said, if you look at them this time last year or maybe a couple of weeks into the season, Reader goes down, all these guys go down. You got Covington with – how many snaps did Covington end up to? You know, like guys that, mm-hmm. that you just got. So they, on paper, they look strong. 
I mean, yeah, and that and that first uh, that, that week two game against the Browns, it was just like they were just done. Like they had that they had that fourth down stand in the goal line, and then after that that fumble on the next drive, like you could tell, like they they had like two quarters and like two minutes in that team, and it, it, like you can't blame them because because of, of what they had and, and how banged up they already were. We were we were dependent on Geno, and right. you know that wasn't that wasn't ever coming. Geno was never going to be Geno here again. So. Um, yeah, he makes some good points there. And I think, I think, you know, having Osai would have been great, you know, like having that young guy to pair with a guy like Hendrickson, who's a big name free agent who, you know, has had some sack production a little bit more than some of your guys have. Um, you know, we, I think in the past we, we've seen that with this team that a lot, a lot of times they don't finish, you know, you, you'd see even that even with Carl Lawson, like he, he would get there, he'd get the pressure, but he didn't, wasn't always getting the sacks. Hendrickson obviously was making that happen. I think Hubbard is a guy that they're really smart with. I think they they get the most out of Hubbard. Uh, they they scheme him into position to make plays. Where I don't think he's a guy that can just take the edge uh, against top guys all the time. But they put him in the inside. They put him at linebacker. You know, they put him like stacked on the uh, stacked on the nose tackle and you know do quick little games with him. You know, doing stuff with him inside. So. Between that and like bringing in, how are they going to use a guy like Wyatt Ray? You know, how are they going to use some of those guys? Would definitely be interesting. But you know, on, on top of Mike, on top of the Mike Daniels thing, you know, Renell Wren was a guy that injury last year ended up being being the kiss of death for him. I thought kind of with Shelvin coming in, I thought I figured he was going to end up getting pushed out. Um, but Josh Tupo back after opting out, so there's a guy who who has some experience. So I mean, that's going to tell you we, we've seen with some of these guys that opted out. Um, you know, especially some of like the rookie guys, we've seen like a little bit of rust. Um, you know, it didn't seem like we seen saw a lot of him in the preseason, uh, but they must feel pretty strongly about how he's coming back and how he kept himself in shape. Um, Anthony, what what were your thoughts uh, on the on the D line here as it looks coming into the season? Well, sarcastically speaking, nowhere to go but up, right? I mean, it's like <laughs> they were one of the worst, if not the worst, in terms of pressures and sacks and all of the kind of big statistical categories. And now to your point, Matt, you mentioned earlier, they said bye-bye to one of my personal favorites. I know a personal favorite of all of us and Mike Daniels, who was a starter last year at, at a lot of different points. They, they basically, he started a lot of games for them last year and they said, okay, bye. We've, we've made all these other acquisitions. And so I, I think that does tell you a little bit about the state of the defensive line. I think to Zim's point, the fact that they kept, uh, big guys like like Shelvin and Tupo and Reader, uh, those are big guys that are going to help you in the AFC North because I know it's a passing league and all this kind of stuff. But when the weather gets crappy late in the year and we know what the Browns like to do, they like to run the ball and set up play action. Those are going to be key guys, even if they're rotational type of players. Those are going to be key guys on the defensive line. Maybe not the, the guys that are going to generate a ton of quarterback pressures and sacks and all those kinds of things. But in terms of defensive line holistically, Speaking, that's those are those are big additions, and then um, you know that first I, that first Browns game, that first Browns game, we talk about yeah. that. Me and Ace talk about that all the time. Like it, as much as a Browns fan wants to give a lot of credit to Baker Mayfield, go watch that first Browns game. Ran the ball, couldn't get him off the field. Ultimately, that ended us. Yep, and I, and I think just in general, tackling has been a point of emphasis, and I think now. Osai is a big loss, but they are going to try and put it together. John and I have talked about this quite a bit. They're going to try and put it together uh, with 
sample and why Ray and, you know, kind of a, a by committee approach by some of these guys to try and generate pressure. There's probably not going to be the outstanding or pretty, pretty above average sack type of seasons from a lot of different players. You're probably going to see it by committee, I think, um, in terms of, of how they're going to put that together. But that's, that's kind of my take at this point on the, um, on the defensive do, line. Do you think the Osai thing, like, like the Osai injury, like if it if it happened in like OTAs, obviously we wouldn't know how big of a deal it was. But like, do you think the coaching staff was really expecting him to just blow up like that, and he was going to be a big part of the team, or or do we think that like maybe they got uh, first game, you know, in that first game they were like, oh shit, we got something here. I um, think I think the they, were, happened. they were really thinking Carl Lawson 2.0. Look at Carl Lawson's first year. I mean, it was just third down spill mm. type stuff. Like, and and I would even come on a show. I tell, I said this before we saw him go crazy in the free. I said, man, they, they can't possibly think that Osai is going to be like this guy that's just going to come in and just be some freak of nature. Then he goes in the preseason game and dominates, and I'm like, whoa. And it, it just threw everybody off, I think. But, yeah, that's a great question, Matt. But I think beforehand, people got to travel back in their mental memory. I don't think the expectations is – you could have been super high on Osai. I think the knock was one year the position. We don't really know what – you know, like what is he going to be. There's so many different things. You kind of got him as a luxury. He fell to you, much like Carl Lawson. <laughs> like, And then I think, you know, it was just like, let's see what he has on third down. And then he comes out there and dominates, and he's the best player on the football field. <laughs> yeah, I have to piggyback off of Zim on that. Like, I did a lot of research on, on watching Osai on the film, and I definitely thought that he was going to be a good player over time. I felt that he didn't have uh, a huge repertoire of pass rush moves. And so I already knew that he was a try-hard guy, and I knew that he gave great effort, and I knew that he had extreme potential, but I didn't expect him to put it all together preseason game one so that was a pleasant surprise but the one thing that kind of upset me and I think the Bengals were kind of thinking the same thing where they were kind of taken back I think that they were trying to get him all of those reps because they were trying to kind of hone in and expand that technique and it kind of backfired because he ended up getting hurt Mm. I mean he needed those reps regardless of how great he played in that game like Jim mentioned it he played one year as an edge for Texas so that's this was like what his 13th career game since high school as a traditional just three three point stance edge rusher like he had like five pressures he had a sack but he wasn't completely perfect there, there were still plenty of reps where I, I guarantee you the coaches were like we need to see better from you you need to disengage from this block or whatever like I, I th- there was the conversation of if he's playing that good in that game you take him out before he goes too hard and gets injured you can't like that that, 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 that doesn't go through the coach's mind when they see a guy who's 21 years old and he needs as much refinement as possible. And you're only going to get that refinement with those game reps. I think it, it, was, it really was just more of an unfortunate situation that you can't really look at it with hindsight. And, and that, that just that doesn't seem like good process to me. Before we get to the next one, we do have – it wouldn't be a listener questions live without this this guy calling in. We've got Terrell on the line. Terrell, are you still with us, man? You've been holding on for a while. How you doing? Hey. <laughs> Man, y'all, y'all, yeah, y'all good, man. It's just, man, it's been an honor even try to even try to talk football with y'all, man. Y'all, y'all the greatest, though, man. Y'all appreciate that. It really is, though. Uh, 
this is my first time talking to uh, Jim and the coach, and I and I, I'm a big fan of y'all too. The the uh, the, uh, the man, you don't know me. I know you. You don't know me, bro. I be always I always listen to you calling it. You the goat for real. What's up, bro? <laughs> Uh, I
Um, now, obviously, that was one of the issues last season for this team was the secondary, mainly the cornerbacks. The safeties were good, and they tried to upgrade that. We got Mike Hilton. We ended up getting Cheeto. Um, the good thing is that you hope that Cheeto and Mike Hilton can hold it down. Now, Mike Hilton, he has been somewhat suspect in coverage at some points, but he can do all kinds of other things. And I think that you just hope that this committee of guys with experience can actually do something. Last year, they had a lot of guys that were a committee but didn't have much experience. And so obviously that became an issue for them. Uh, and taking on a team like the Vikings week one, obviously that's going to probably hurt you a little bit. You got Justin Jefferson. You got some guys there. Then you talk about Allen Robinson coming in week two. Then you have the Steelers who have a dynamic set of receivers there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a challenge, and it's going to be frustrating not having Trey Waynes there. Uh, but I will say it's not like Trey Waynes is, you know, Jalen Ramsey or something, right? That's, there's going to be a massive uh, drop-off if you had Jalen Ramsey and you're going to Eli Apple versus Trey Waynes to Eli Apple. So there definitely will be a concern there. Uh, but I think that they just have to get by. And, you know, maybe if it is something that's more of an issue, maybe they do need to look at the trade market to try to get a cheaper corner that's out there that's solid. Uh, but, yeah, it's frustrating. I understand why the fans definitely are kind of upset because this is a guy we paid a lot of money and we haven't been able to see that dividend. But at the end of the day, it's part of the game. It is, am I the only one that feels like some type of way when you watch like the Steelers, right? In two different instances, they're at a desperation – they go make the trade for Mika Fitzpatrick because they know they just don't have it, right? They go and give up their first-round draft pick, right? Then flash forward to this season. They make the trade today. What are we talking about, Ace, all week? The Steelers have no corners. We know right now that we don't have strong corners. They go make a trade for Akilo uh, Witherspoon, who ended up pretty good with like an 80, you know, PFF grade. I actually liked them coming out 2017. They go make a trade for him and go get a 2023 a compensatory pick or something like like they just like I hate when I see other teams doing stuff like that and we know this already that we're not strong enough at the position people talk about Eli Apple probably not being deserving I'm reading the comments not deserving of the pick I think because they have this conservative effort to say that uh Darius Phillips is going to be our punt returner and they don't trust him and Zach comes to the press conferences and he's talking about consistency every week right one thing we know about Darius Phillips is he wasn't consistent at the position, and I feel like he's a better corner than Eli Apple. But you don't have the luxury of doing that because you need him on special teams. You need to go get a guy. And then he's and then Terrell says, well, cut Trey Wayne's. It's not that simple, sir. The amount of money that this guy is getting paid is for the third best free agent corner in that market. You look at Byron Jones and all these guys that came out that same thing. They got a couple more bucks than him, and we got this guy – that unfortunately has been injured, but we kind of know it's ceiling. And it puts us at a bad position because even if he does come back and has a good season, I think he's probably looking – we'll probably start looking at cap hits at that point because now you don't even really trust him. The fan base doesn't even trust him. And the fan base doesn't trust Eli Apple. So the Bengals need to go get something. Like, I know Akilo Weatherspoon isn't a guy that nobody – you know, like people aren't just clamoring for, but it's something. And I think that that goes a long way, especially when he's not a scrub. Resident Bengals hater Joe Goodberry in the chat. Wayne's ain't shit, anyways. I mean, <laughs> we, we haven't seen. We haven't seen Trey Wayne since what? Like the 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 Vikings lost to the Niners in the what the twenty twenty playoffs or something like that. Or I I forget how the game went. But honestly, like it's been so long 
we don't know who Trey Wins is right now. We just knew who he was back in Minnesota, and he just hasn't been healthy. So, like, like I, I, I agree with Zim, man. Like, it's it's tough to say, like, yeah, just, just Terrell, don't talk about other people's money like that. Trey Wins aren't that bad, even though he completely finessed the Bengals front office like that. But I'm willing to Finesse. give Trey Wins a couple. I'm, I'm willing to give him a couple weeks to like see what he is, you know, before we we, we claim him a free agency bust. Am I off basis to say this though? Even though I, you know. I understand where you're coming from, Joe. Uh, I think we like that's what I meant. I was just saying it. The the I was giving it a soft landing. Like we know it's silly, right? But I, don't you feel like even if he had like a above average season, he's probably a potential like you know cap casualty like type candidate now because I don't think the fan base trusts him. I even made a tweet yesterday. I said he's like Bruce Wayne. Even when I looked at the like when I looked at the reps and stuff like that, who do you always see in coverage against Chase or anybody? It's always a woozy. A. There's very you only we only heard Trey Wayne's even talk one time. So the same love that we gave Mike Daniels, you can't even give him love like off the field and say, "Man, I hope Trey Wayne's get back." People don't even know who this guy is. I only seen him without a helmet one time. Have you? Well, he, he was on our show right after he signed. Yeah, we love uh, Trey Wayne's. Uh, I was about to say, and, and that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to tie this one into the same, uh, and I want you guys to definitely pick some out too here, but we got a couple of texts from two different people and it ties in well to this, to the Trey Wayne's topic. Uh, JT from the 513 and another 513 area code both basically asked, you know, we've talked about the injuries at the, at the edge rusher spot. And then of course we're talking Trey Wayne's here. What, I, we've got the 21 season to get to, I know, but next year, if you're going to take a look into the crystal ball and look at 22, where do the Bengals go early, maybe first round, with their pick next year? Is it corner? Is it edge rusher? Is it? I mean, what? What? What do you guys? Uh, I'll start with you, Matt, because you didn't really chime in on this one, but I want to hear from all of you. What do you guys think uh, uh, in terms of where the Bengals should go position wise next year? I know it's it's hard to think about twenty two already, but it's a good it's a good question. I mean, I, I think the thing with Trey Wayne's is like, is this going to become a Geno thing? Is this going to become a, you know, like one of those phantom things where it's like, oh, you said it wasn't that bad. You know, and it's kind of the same thing with Kareem, you know, like, cause we, I, you know, I don't, I'm not saying it's going to be like that with Kareem. I don't, I think there's a much less evidence, but you know, if, if Kareem Khalid doesn't, doesn't come back, um, Ed Rusher is a big concern because you don't know how Osa is going to come back. You don't know necessarily what you have there. Um, so that, you know, that's one way to look at it. And, and it's the same thing with corner. You're like, if Waynes doesn't come back or if Waynes doesn't look like he can be that guy or if Waynes comes back and he's fine uh, and Awuzie and, and isn't, isn't cutting it, then you got to go corner. But, I mean, that would be my instinct is, is probably the corner position. Um, I think you've done so much on, on offense uh, over the last three years. Um, as long as you're either comfortable with Reef or you're comfortable – actually, and – you're comfortable with the way Jackson Carmen is coming along. Um, you don't really need to go anything else there on offense, I don't think. Um, so, I, yeah, I would, I, would, I would lead towards corner looking at it right now. I would love if the Bengals were able – I know I'm a West Coast guy. If they could find a way to, to get Kayvon Thibodeau, the defensive end out of, out of Oregon, that kid's a stud. But, There's again, no edge rusher, and I want to hear from you guys too, but if you look at edge rusher on this team, they've already paid Sam Hubbard. They've already paid Trey Hendrickson. They've got Joseph Osai conceivably coming back next year. Um, you know, they may say that the the cupboard's a little full for them. 
uh, Hubert, you know, all these other guys coming back. I don't know if, if edge rusher, I always find that to be a, a position you want to stack up on, but uh, I really like the Thibodeau kid. Obviously, I saw someone else, Chris Hoskins saying Stingley. I got, that would probably mean the Bengals had a pretty bad year if they were, <laughs> if they got Stingley there. Thibodeau, uh, Thibodeau the same way or though. Thibodeau, yeah. Same thing, same thing. Yeah, yeah, they have to either trade up or have a back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, that's, I mean, that's, that's a good, good, good thing about the The good thing about the core position is sometimes you can get guys a little bit later because the corner – Corners never get drafted the way we think. I think there's a lot of scheme fit that goes into who goes where. Um, you know, like those top, the top guys go really high. Sting will go really high to, to anybody. Uh, but, you know, you see some of the, like, you know, the Bengals like big guys that can tackle uh, at that position. It seems to be kind of kind of where they're, where they're training with guys. And, you know, one of those guys might be there in the 20s. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think the the prime position is corner. Obviously, edge is is definitely a prime one. But when you look at the Bengals' history, you know they love their first round corners. If they're going to get a guy that's going to start uh, day one, it's going to be a first round corner. They're probably not going to take a guy that's in the second or third round and throw him out there immediately. And then you talk about the Trey Wayne's thing, as Zim hit on. You know, once he gets up there in age, I mean, the Bengals, we know how they do when it comes to guys that get older and and have those cap hits and things of that nature. So I think that they would definitely be looking at corner. And as Matt said, if we're in the 20s, if they do do well, you still probably have a decent pool of corners that you could still get in that range. Whereas with edge rusher, you kind of have to get those guys in the top five, top 10 to get the the Miles Garrett's and the Kayvon Thibodeau's of the world. Uh, but you could still get a good corner in the twenties or, or within that range. So I think corner uh, is where it would be for me, especially if we're able to walk away from the Trey Wayne situation, depending on how that plays out this season. Uh, I, I could see that more than them kind of moving on from Sam Hubbard and Trey Henderson, since they just kind of signed those guys up and we assume that they should be able to pay off those dividends if they stay healthy. So I'm I'm on the I'm on team corner. If we have another civil war, corner versus edge, sign me up for corner. <laughs> we might as well just we might as well just cue that show up because it's going God damn it. It's <laughs> September. Look, and we got we got Mr. We need linebacker guy. He's back too. He wants in on it too. So we're gonna have like a third team as well. I I, I agree with every you know it for me it's always gonna be for any NFL team, not just the Bengals. Because the highest paid position, you, you got to trace the money for it. Unless you got a freak athlete, Kyle Pitts-like level talent, tight end at the top of the board or something like that. We already know we're stacked at wide receiver for the next three years. So, you know, you're not going that route, right? So defensive end, to me, says that you had a pretty bad year in your top 10. Or you're going to just go with the same formula that they've been going with. And hoping you get Carl Lawson 2.0, Osai 3.0. If you go top 20, that means you had a fairly more successful year and you probably be looking at, oh, I forgot the guy's name that just said that, but he said sauce. I want sauce Gardner just because of his name. I got hella sauce. I need the, I need the fan base <laughs> to have sauce too. So just off his name alone, I'm just going to just engulf myself in sauce Gardner film and just make sauce shirts. That's, that's, that's step one. But aside from that, to me, it's the Bengals have shown you they don't want to pay the William Jacksons of the world. So they're always going to be looking at corner. And like I said, and, and I'm sorry, like Matt said, you know, you're going to be able to get a premium guy. Like where does Sertan go this, 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 uh, this past year in the draft? People already saying he's the best corner. You know, like the, the camp reports and everything like that are coming out right now are looking really, really good for him right now. And he fell further down in the draft than what most people thought. So you're hoping to get a guy like that. But I think it's based on the success from the season itself. If you think, if you're talking Thibodeau or Stingley, 
we're talking about a whole new, you know, we just blew it up all over again or something like in Zach, <laughs> you know, because Zach is gone. You know, if, you, if you're driving Thibodeau or Stinkley, like those are, this staff is gone. Like that's just the easiest way. Somebody, I just want to address this. Uh, Josh Cook said that Chase isn't the guy yet. I'm going to find you every week. I'm going to make sure that I don't know where you're at. You're, that's a Facebook. Your logs on Facebook. I'm going to find you every week. I'm going to send you every highlight. I'm going to send you every stat, and I'm going to be on your head, and we're going to cheer together, Josh. I don't know you, but you're going to know me soon. <laughs> what about a free safety to replace base? Oh, man. <laughs> you had to just – There's the bucket of cold water right there. There's the bucket of cold water. Come on. <laughs> He was waiting to drop that one on us. I love it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Zim, I am going to I'm gonna pick one for you, if you don't mind, because there was a text and a comment, and the text was specific to you guys, Ace and Zim. First off, I'm Kevin Thomas from South Carolina. I, Kevin, I guess it was okay to use your last name since you also commented with your last name. <laughs> I'm going to let that go. Uh, from South Carolina. I love you guys. Zim is my guy. He's hilarious on commentary. Question for Zim. You just brought this up. Do you think Chase's drops, and we can all chime in on this. Do you think Chase's drops will have a carryover into the season? And how do you think his big playability will open up the offense if they do not carry into the regular season? Obviously, Chase's preseason performance, a big headline in Bengals news and kind of around the NFL a little bit. So Zim bat lead off for us on this one, since uh, Kevin's showing you the love there. I appreciate that. I want to say thank you, Kevin, for pre for watching us staying more importantly, supporting the team when a lot of people didn't have the nuts to do it. So thank you for sticking with the gang and sticking with Cincy jungle and watching all the guys. So I want to say that first I want to uh, for chase, for me, I do, and I, I told you this, Ace, I think I uh, subtweeted you on something the other day, but I said, I think, <laughs> I, I think, or I added you, I don't know the, the proper way to say it. I think that, Chase, it does kind of carry over because it, it's, I can't explain it, but I do think there is a, a little bit of a carryover effect. It, now, if you ask this, God, I do this every time we do a Super Show. If you ask Pittsburgh, about Deontay Johnson, like, are they going to bench him? Are they not going to play him? There's not going to be one Pittsburgh fan that's going to tell you that they would bench him. But Deontay Johnson, if you guys don't know, leads the NFL in drops. You would take the what he gives your team or the big playability or his ability to get open over the couple of drops. Antonio Brown had a bunch of drops like on one of those seasons as well. Um, you would take the big playability over – you know, like the shortcomings of what we're seeing in the right now. I think a lot of the fan base is living it right now and they're letting their fears outweigh the actual reality of this guy test in the top percentile of everything. This guy won the Belichnikov Award. This guy won a national championship. This guy was on the on on the team in the best wide receiver. And Justin Jefferson arguably could have been rookie of the year. He was that guy. That doesn't change just because you dropped the ball in preseason a couple times. So people got to kind of wake up and stop living in the right now and take everything for what it is. 
does it have a carryover effect that 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 hits them long term? It could. We've seen that with guys for John, like a John Ross type like person. If the proper support isn't there and the coaching staff runs thin on them, and people say, you know what, I'm not about to spoon feed him in the rounds, and I'm not about to cater to his needs. If he ain't, if he isn't catching the ball, yeah, we're gonna have to give up some reps and say Auden Tate starts beasting out. Then all of a sudden, there's a gradual thing that can happen that won't happen <laughs> because I'm team chase all the way. But I'm just telling you that that's how it could happen. But I think any team or anybody that understands what he represents in the fear that he will put on a on the opposition's corners. It's just too valuable to even fathom the thought of like benching him or anything like that. But is it a thing that I think he's going to drop more passes? I think the fan base is going to start booing a couple times, maybe. But I just think that the playmaking abilities and what he's capable of doing is just going to outweigh it ultimately. Week one, I think 76 yards, five catches, and one touchdown. Week one. That is a, a bold prediction there. Uh, I we've got a couple of team team chasers on on this. Uh, I know I know John was on team chase in the in the Civil War. Ace, were you were you team Sewell? I forget. Wait, wait. I was I was team Sewell, but honestly, at the end of the day, when Chase when Chase was drafted, and I you know, I sent him a shirt and stuff like that, I'm team Chase now. You know when when guys get drafted to your team, you become a part of they become a part of the team, and you have to support them. Um, so for me, like. I have noticed that there's a lot of Team Sewell people that have said, oh, we should have taken Sewell and this and that. But it's like clearly you're not paying attention to what's going on with Sewell in Detroit because he has looked extremely bad. So I, to to really just hope that Jamar Chase doesn't pan out just so you can look better for your opinion is honestly kind of ridiculous to me. And the other thing that's, that I think is unfair is – we have John Ross PTSD, and I think that Chase is catching a lot of that, and he shouldn't. I mean, he's not John Ross. This is a completely different guy. He's a rookie. He's learning, you know, the the aspects of how the NFL is different. He hasn't played since 2020. There's a lot of stuff that this guy has to learn, and, you know, some people are going to say, oh, well, he was picked number five, so he's not going to have any kind of growing pains, but, I mean, that's not realistic. All rookies have growing pains, so uh, – He's a teenager. Potentially, it could come into the season. But, I mean, that generally has happened with all receivers all the time. Like So, if it does happen, we just want to make sure that he improves from it and gets better as the season progresses. Like, once we get to to week eight, week nine in the season, then if he's still doing it, yeah, it can be an issue. But but let the guy go through those growing pains. Let him actually perform on the field first before you just completely write him off because of the last four years that you saw of John Ross. I, I don't think that that's fair. Uh, but I think even if he doesn't work out, like Zim is saying, they still have Auden Tate. They still have a, a number of guys that they can use. And he's only one part of the offense. You still have T. Higgins. You still have Tyler Boyd. You still have Joe Mixon that you have to feed. You got to feed uh, the young running back as well. Uh, so – for me, I don't think it's a situation where you need to hit the panic button right now. Like, yeah, you can use it as a cause for concern, which is understandable. But to just call a guy the next John Ross just because you just watched three years of John Ross is just not fair to him as a player, and it's not fair uh, for the team in general. Uh, let yeah. me let, let me let me add something to this, John. I want to ask you this along with your question, and I want to ask everybody this: for the person that's sitting here right now that maybe is just really down on on Chase. When you answer your question, John, 
tell me, what do you think is the absolute floor for Jamar Chase? Like, is, is it is it DJ Moore? Is it, you know, like, you know, like some people say he looks a lot like Steve Smith or D-Hop when they watch film. I don't know. But what's the absolute floor, the worst possible thing that you could think for Jamar Chase? The worst possible thing. The question is to John. I got a great answer for all this, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but like the absolute floor is that he's 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 bad. Like that's the absolute floor. It's possible. Like we we talk all the time about what we think these guys are going to do in the pros, but we don't actually know until they're there. But it's not it's not just John Ross PTSD. I think it's just Bengals PTSD. Like this fan base is so entrenched with just things repeating itself because things are just the same and it's been the same for 30 years. They don't have faith until they actually see it. And then of course we do this every training camp and every preseason where we overanalyze everything because it's the only thing that we can see. So if the only thing that we see is Jamar Chase dropping four of his five targets, we immediately go, Oh crap. He's going to suck. Not regarding that preseason performance has negative correlation on anything that they do in their actual NFL careers. But to answer to more accurately answer your question, Zim, I think it's just a solid player. Honestly, like he's too, athletically gifted he was too productive in college he's too good of a football player to completely dismantle right before our eyes at this at this point in time i would say his floor even if he's bad like like his floor is what we wanted to get out of john ross at the end like just having a guy on the field that you had to worry about because like like that worked like it 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 served a purpose that they had to account for him because defenses were threatened by him because as somebody who has called defenses before, like you, you know, when you call a defense, you're like the biggest thing you're thinking is I'm not going to get beat on one play. Right. So even if you think John Ross is going to drop the ball as a defense coordinator, you're like, I have to stay on top of this flipping guy because he's the fastest guy ever to come through the NFL combine. Um, And Jamar Chase is not the fastest guy ever to come through the NFL combine, but you have seen Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase light mother effers up, right? So you have seen that. So you are not going to be the next guy that falls for that, right? So that's it. that. even if he's not good, you know, him on the field with Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins opens up a ton of opportunities for Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, all those guys. Uh, C.J. Uzama, we, we, we don't talk enough about C.J. Uzama because he's going to be uh, definitely a, a big part of that passing game as well. Um, so I, I think, like, even if he's bad, like, to me, that's his floor. And I think a lot of talk pre-draft was about go get Chase for Burrow, all right? But I think right now, Chase is the one that needs Burrow. You know, I, I think that having that comfort level, whereas, you know, if this if, if we flipped it, you know, and Jamar Chase was in Philadelphia having these problems, you know, he didn't know Jalen Hurts like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think having that guy you have comfort you have comfort with and you've had success with to help you get through and overcome this 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 hurdle that you have at this point in your career. Um, I think I think that's huge. You know, so we talked about Burrow needing his guy, but I think really Chase needs his guy right now uh, to to get through this little little hiccup early in his career. I I think you know. Uh, we we kind of when the Bengals drafted Chase, I think we kind of sat there and we're we're like, hey, this is going to hit the ground running. And this, I mean, the guy didn't play football last year. The guy didn't play football last year. And he's a kid. Him. He had one good year, and he's a kid. Like you know what I mean? Like he's yeah, got to get back. And then on top of that, rookie wide receivers they have 
struggles at times. There is miscommunication. What the hope is, and I've said this before, the hope is that the miscommunication issues and all of that are, are limited to a much lesser degree than usual with a rookie wide receiver and a young quarterback because of the familiarity with Burrow and Chase. But there's going to be a little bit of that. There's going to be some rookie struggles adjusting to the game on top of him not playing last year. So you're going to have to, at least early on, I think we're all going to have to accept there may be a tiny bit of bad along with a lot of good with Jamar Chase. That's just probably what's what, what the case is going to be. So, you know, I've, I've kind of have to personally have had to come to that realization a little bit because I, I border on, on hitting the panic button early myself watching this team as long as I have. But um, that's, that's, I think that's just kind of where we have to get to in terms of acceptance. We do have another call on the line, guys, from 513 Area Code. I missed the, the name there, but uh, who's on the line? Hey, man, from Cincinnati. What it do, baby? What's happening, y'all? <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> Not much, man. Just watching my favorite content creators come together like Voltron real quick. It's a great, great show to see. I'm seeing teeth and smiles and all that, man. I love it. I love it. Um, Part one, I just want to spread my love to all you guys, man. It's, it's great to see, uh, see y'all coming together like this all the time. I've, like, I've been, I follow the watch day here. Every single thing everybody puts out, and it's great. You guys have made it far more bearable <laughs> to be a Bengals fan in these last uh, half a decade, you know, so uh, I just want to give you guys y'all credit for that, man. Uh, I, I try to support pretty much all y'all ventures y'all do. I just got my uh, my Migo shirt, you know, so I'm supporting the homie Ace. I, I'm about to go, got to go grab some cheese wings here in a little bit, so I'm trying to do all that. I'm looking at symbol, man. I'm not quite sold on it, but man, you guys make a convincing case. So we'll see how that goes. But this guy's uh, a pro. <laughs> huh? Yeah, you're you're light you're lighting it up, dude. I love it. I love it. <laughs> nah, that's that's my guy, Almighty Almighty. Yeah, that's yeah. We had him on. He's 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 good. <laughs> I, I can't I can't hear I can't quite hear Zim, but I, I'll catch him every one. But anyways, um, if that was him. Um, anyways, uh, the question I had though, um, staying on the receiver side of the thing, one of the biggest things that I noticed that was an issue with our offense, which was kind of masked by the fact that it's just so happens to be one of Burrow's strengths, is that it's, there's a, it seems to always be a lack of separation with, with um, when, it, when it comes to the receiving game. And I understand that, like, you know, kind of one of Burrow's strengths is throwing at contested windows and back shoulder throws and all that stuff, you know. But uh, it's, but it, it seems to be an issue in the year before. Do you guys think that it's, a, like, just some, some more better now? Are you guys seeing, like, is it like a scheme thing? Is it a, a talent thing? Like, I'm trying to figure out what it is that, that we need to see because part of my, like, one of my, like, self-conscious doubts about the receiving court is maybe the lack of speed. You know, like, no no true burner for, like, to make help with separation, but I also know that separation sometimes is a function of play design yep. and could be a function of how much time you get in the pocket as well. So, I mean, that didn't help at all in these last couple of years. But, I mean, just I want to you guys go over that and, and then and, and, and talk about that for a little bit, maybe just to alleviate some of my concerns and maybe confirm some of my concerns. Who knows? Well, but, um, appreciate you calling in, man. That's a great question. Appreciate all the compliments and the support of, of all of our shows. Um, and uh, glad you you were able to call in. Appreciate it, man. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll we'll answer your question off the air there. Absolutely. Thank you very much, man. Who All right. Who Um I just quickly, our, our, the phone's lighting up here. We've got a lot of different calls coming in. Um, 
the uh, the one thing I would say is they have drafted guys. Yeah, there's maybe a little bit of an issue with separation in terms of T. Higgins and some of the, but a guy like Chase, there's a little more speed there. But we also see him excel at least in the year at LSU, excel at at contested catches. That's T. Higgins's forte. So where there may be a little bit of a lack of separation from some of these guys, these contested catches, Auden Tate, we know that's a strength of his as well. Um, that's that's kind of a, a strength of the receiving core. So while there may not be the, the John Ross burners, these are guys that are going to get their hands on the ball and more than more often than not come down with it. So uh, I don't know who wants to go next there, but go for it. Uh, uh, well, look, for me, I would say that it's no secret that the play design for a lot of this stuff, I don't think that Callahan does a bad job. I don't feel like out of everything that people could criticize Zach on, I don't think that they could probably criticize him on some of the time management stuff that sometimes Marvin Lewis got himself in trouble at halftime and different things like that. I think a lot of different times, um, I know we come back on the show and we, and we talk about play calling, and I think the play calling in general is good. But is he a creative genius mind? that will scheme guys open or figure out ways to get John Ross the ball. I think they're, they're always going to probably lack that, you know, like in that sense, in, in the overall, like let's scheme up the best plays and we're going to do intricate design work. I think this off season, what we saw in the preseason, a lot of motion trying to catch guys like making defenses, make mistakes. I think they're taking a, a lot off of a lot of other coaches in the NFL right now. Right getting guys into motion, making sure that they like getting the matchups that they want. That's part of it. One of the other things that I think is that, as you were just saying, AC, is like a lot of these guys, T. Higgins and Auden Tate, for sure, right? Their biggest strengths aren't separation. Their biggest strengths are catching the ball at the point of contact and coming down with strong hands and having and catching the football. The same would probably be said about Jamar Chase if he didn't have those drops in the preseason, but that is another strength of his, right? But the one thing that they don't have is like, uh, I think Lamb coming out of college or something. You could just see, like, I could show you like some clips of just route running in Deontay Johnson or or go watch Keenan Allen or Devontae Adams. Those are guys that are going to run these routes, have the twitchiness that you need, and have the deep speed along with that that scare the hell out of defenses. But one thing that hasn't happened is that the core of the Bengals wide receiver core hasn't been healthy enough to demand single coverage on a lot of these different times. So you have Tyler Boyd out there with Auden Tate and then maybe one other guy, but AJ Green's hurt or like all these different things have happened throughout the years where they're not at full strength. Get this, get this trio, the Migos, like he was just saying with Ace's shirt, get the Migos at full strength. You'll see a lot more separation, but that's one of the things that I don't think route running with the exception of Tyler Boyd, is a strength of his, but most teams know that they're going to him on third down. And you didn't have anything to take away that, to take off the safety coming down, bearing down, and sitting on that inside route. You didn't have anything. So that's what this whole process and this thing is about. It's like getting these elite athletes at these three, at those positions, the processing speed of Joe Burrow, getting the ball out of his hands, where you don't have to have the twitchiness or the ex, the elite route running as like a Keenan Allen or somebody like that. I don't know if that's the that's probably the long version of what I should have said, but it, it's it's a big that's a really large question overall. But I don't I don't think you'll ever see play calling on a Kyle Shanahan level, like where guys are just blown out of, and defenders are just like where the, who do we even who do we line up against because they got a running back out here out wide and they got all this other stuff going on. 
And I, I don't think you'll ever see that. So that's that's a that's another deficiency, I guess, if if you want to nitpick. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, you're gonna see you're gonna see the running back lined up wide, the tight end. I mean, I, I think that's that's how they win, and that's what Burrow's really good at, you know. So now having hopefully a competent offensive line, um, you know, particularly uh, you know, Reef is a huge addition there. Uh, but being able to to spread out, to get into those empty personnel that, Bur- that Burrow loves, yeah, you don't need – first of all, the ball's coming off fast. You know what I mean? So you, you're not really – you can get in front of a guy, you can complete a, a, a deep pass, but you're not really chucking it deep because you don't have time to do that. you got to leave people in and block to do that. Um, so the ball's got to come off fast. got to be a fast read. But, but Burrow's incredible at that. And I think when we look at receivers, I, I – I don't know. I feel like talking about separation has almost become like cliche. Like I, I think, yeah, it's it's a factor. I feel like we make way too big of a deal out of it though, uh, because there's other ways to win. And when you're a guy that can win in those contested situations, and your quarterback is stupid accurate, like you're okay. Um, and and yeah, you don't necessarily need, you know, when you're basically when you're when you're playing uh, in empty you're pretty much in man coverage because you got everything spread out so far. Like even if they're playing a zone, you know, you're spread out so far that it's pretty much a, a one-on-one matchup out there. So yeah, having the quick twitch, having the timing down with your quarterback, being able to come out of those breaks, boom, make, get that completion. And then hopefully like, I think to me where the speed is more important is, is the rack in it, you know, the run after the catch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, like that's, that's how this team can win. Um, so it doesn't always need to be the same thing. It doesn't always need to be the guy, the guy burning. I, I think you got to know what's going to be right for your team. And I, I think they've got the right kind of guys uh, for the quarterback they have. And, you know, if they can protect him uh, and let him get into all those empty coverages, I, I could see this being a very good unit. Yeah, I think like Matt said, I think they got the right guys uh, for not only Joe Burrow for, but for also this division, right? This is the AFC North, right? It's a it's a tough division where you have to be physical, and I think that those are characteristics of all three of those guys is that they're extremely physical. You talk about T. Higgins, you talk about Tyler Boyd, gritty guys. I think even back when Marvin Lewis drafted Tyler Boyd, he asked him, "Did he have that Pittsburgh mill in him?" And that uh, was about his toughness. And so, yeah, I, I do have to tell tend to side with Matt when he talks about it's kind of overblown. Cause I remember watching JT O'Sullivan um, just break down some film and there was tight coverage. And he was like, you know, that's open in the NFL. Like, so I think a lot of people expect, you know, these corners to not be anywhere near these guys, but that's why corners get paid. Like you're not going to toast Jalen Ramsey. Like that's just not going to happen. You're not going to toast William Jackson, the third that often, like these guys run four threes. These guys are fast on that side of the ball as well. So, uh, that is also, I think, a factor, but I think that they've got guys that are definitely built for this division and definitely built for success to play with Burrow as well. Jamar Chase is fast. Teagans is faster than he was last year. Those two things make this a much more dynamic unit than it was last year. And I think Matt had a great point that you don't necessarily need four Devonta Smiths out there breaking ankles with the route running. You can have guys who are, who are better in contested catch situations if you have the accuracy of the quarterback but I think the problem was there was a thirst for explosion from at, at least one receiver spot because you didn't have an athlete like that and defenses could just sit down in these two two zone shells and just like not worry about getting beat off the top. And that made it really hard for the Bengals to move the ball. All their play designs be damned. So I think just inherently having 
more athleticism at receiver can open things up for your passing game and make some of your concepts that didn't work in the past, especially with a backup quarterback for half the year, it can make it work more effectively now. I just think that in itself is going to improve in ways that we, we just have to see it to believe it, I guess. Well, we've got one more call. On, we're going to be here just a couple more minutes. We're going long, but the phone's been blowing up. We've had a lot of comments. And we've got hundreds of live viewers right now, which is pretty cool. So um, we've got a call on the line. Thanks for holding. We've had some long hold times for some of these folks. But uh, who is this on the line? 513? Uh, Greg, Greg Luther. Oh, Greg. How you doing, bud? What's up, Greg? How you doing today? Good, good. What's, what's on your mind? I'll tell you what, the whole smart chase thing going around, people criticizing this. I mean, look at Panay Sewell in Detroit right now. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, the bang, the Bengals have gave up less sacks than he did alone, eh, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know all these people are going to go back on the Sewell train and all that. Devontae Smith, he was dropping passes too in preseason. And my question is, why is everybody just focusing on Chase and not all these others that are struggling in the preseason? Because it's, it's a good question, and I would say that, unfortunately, it's the old because it's the Bengals. That's, that's, that's the national narrative. That's the national media coverage. They're going to they're, they're gonna trip over their own feet until they don't. That's kind of that's my take on it, fellas. I don't know if you've got additional thoughts. Greg, thanks for calling in, bud. Um, we talk about NA, but at the same time, like, the Bengals had two really big things they needed to do, all right, uh, on offense. They signed a tackle and they drafted a receiver, you know. So the alternative would be you you bring a boatload of money to Kenny, Kenny Golladay, and guess what? He's got hamstring issues. You know what I mean? So like like you know that was a big thing too. We had uh, I, I was saying reefer madness, but what, it was Great Barrier Reef. Or, you know, like that was the thing. And then Golladay Golladay was the was the other one. You know, like yeah, maybe maybe bringing Golladay and then he's struggling to get on the field and. You bring Penny here, and he's struggling. You know, so I, and I think both of those things appear. You know, the reef thing at least is definitely appears to be working out for the Bengals. He looks like he is going to be a very good upgrade for them. Uh, you know, and solidify that position for the first time since. I mean, even when they were good, their right tackle wasn't very good. You know, what I mean, like who was the last right tackle that was really good? So, um, so yeah, I mean, like look at look at the the two parts of it. How, how it's intertwined because obviously you're. If that's your plan, you're probably not going to invest in Reef. You're probably going to go for a receiver. Put some respect on prime Andre, Andre Smith's name right there. Last yeah, good that's right what I was say, Andre Smith, but I didn't want to get stoned. I didn't want to get stoned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I got to say is give him hell, Greg. <laughs> all, I, all I say is Greg came in uh, with some violence. He, he Bobby, heard Hart, <laughs> Bobby Hart made Andre Smith look like Willie Anderson. That's all I'll say. Look at that. You just yeah, went down the line there. You know, everybody's talking about Bobby Hart, obviously, but uh, and, and you know, just kind of he got cut by the Bills. Does no one remember Marshall Newhouse? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I yeah. I try not to. That, that was just another just. Oh, no, so. nobody was worse than John Jerry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He had, he had a good game. I remember he, he played decently for like a game. Maybe one. He was so slow and so old, and everybody beat him like a drum. He had one decent game, and that was just because the expectations were super low. Like, out of everybody that I've named recently, John Jerry is the worst one. When you had nothing. You had absolutely nothing. But people don't – I don't know. The guard playing left tackle. That's right. But, 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 <laughs> 
sorry. I ahead, think re- just re- just real quick with Greg, I, I think like the the whole thing with Sewell is that I, I think there's a baked in excuse with him is because he's playing technically a new position, even though he played more right tackle than left tackle since he started high school, and that he should have been training for both positions this past off season. So that shouldn't necessarily be excuse, but it's an easy thing to bring up if if he's struggling in the preseason and he didn't play last year. But again, like both these guys didn't play they're going to be fine i think it's just silly to just continue this discussion and compare these two unfortunately it's going to happen because they were linked to the Bengals like this but you know you know you know what's even sillier than that like the dolphins fans that just hate the Bengals because we got burrow and like they're just (laughs) acting like the Bengals suck you know what i mean yeah (laughs) or or like the herbert stuff too like oh people just coming in and talking about herbert it's like all right you got you got your guy he's good we got our guy. What's wrong? You like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what, why, why can't we all just like good football? You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, we can be here a few more minutes, I guess. I know, uh, Zim, you're you may be running up against it. Are you? Uh, yeah. so- I got, I gotta go, guys. The, 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 the fam is saying I gotta, I gotta get some drinks. I gotta get some food here. You guys hold it down for me. I appreciate everybody calling in today. Keep on sticking with us. Sissy Jungle rules the nation. Best pot in the world. Ooze, what's up? Tell the people what's up. what's up. What's up? What's up? <laughs> All right, y'all have a great day. I love you guys. Have a uh, hold on. I was about to say Memorial. Happy Labor Day. Y'all yeah. have a good one. Love you guys. Yeah, you're the man, Zim. Thanks. Bye. Uh, we we'll be here if you guys are good. Maybe just a couple more minutes. Uh, I feel like I've been bogarting the the controls here. So if you guys got some other, I know we've got a thread running on Cincy Jungle. I don't know if there's uh, some good ones there. Ace, Matt, John, if you guys got some some questions here. I just want to say one thing. Because my guy, John Wick, he's giving me some some Uh stuff here in the comments. Apparently, I missed one of his super chats. Sorry about that. Um, He just said, I guess when we were talking about the wide receiver position, he said Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and Terrell Owens all had drop issues. Chase will be fine. So I just wanted to let him get his shine there. And I have to agree with him. They definitely – had some drop issues. I don't know about Randy Moss, but I definitely remember the T.O. ones and the Jerry Rice ones for sure. Owens never got rid of it, did he? I mean, he, yeah, he Owens good. always still – it still kind of followed him. <laughs> Is that just a prerequisite to be the GOAT receiver, to just have drops at some point? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> John, do you see any in the in the, in the the Cincy Jungle chat, the post, that, that interests you before we hop on out? John, while you're looking at that, like, because you're you're the numbers the numbers guy in the group. I mean, when a person hasn't really had a history of drops, like we, because we didn't see that, and people at LSU said Chase's hands were immaculate, right? So we didn't see that from him. This is a new thing, you know. It's not like John Ross that had some issues in college, I believe, too. Um, it, like, statistically speaking, is that something that's usually not sustainable when it's a new thing? Statistically speaking, I think it's just completely mental. I, I, I don't. I, I people have run the numbers on this. There is no clear year-to-year correlation with drops. Not even from a week-to-week standpoint. Like T. Higgins, I remember last year, he had like a bad week. He like dropped two passes against, I believe, the Cowboys or the Giants. A couple weeks later, he pops off against the Texans. Like it can happen to literally anybody, re- regardless of like the size of your hands, like the quality of the throw. If it's raining outside, it, it can just happen. Like nobody's perfect. Nobody can catch everything that goes their way. And if it happens consistently, yeah, it becomes a mental block. But no, like there, there is no strong correlation from like drops in college to drops in the NFL. It can just happen and they can go away just like that. Unless your name is Will Fuller. That's the only time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, you guys seeing any others we want to get to uh, on a variety of different platforms here? We've been. Uh, I do see Ing Raven in the comments, so shout yeah. out to him. Yeah, we had Luke Knoll in the in the live chat. Luke Knoll we as well. Raven. Yeah, yeah, we had we had. It's been a veritable celebrity showcase on the show here. <laughs> All kinds of big names join us. Joe Goodberry, others. Um, what, John? I I didn't hear. Was there one on the Cincy Jungle post that you wanted to get to? Not necessarily a positive one, and I feel like we should kind of go out <laughs> on on maybe more of a positive note. Um, I don't know. A- anything else kind of bu- bugging your mind, Ace? Just just want to get off off your chest or something. Not really. I mean, I think we're in for a fun season, guys. Like, get ready to buckle in and just be excited. I mean, we're going to get to see Joe Burrow, all our guys healthy. I think that we're going to sneak up on a lot of people. We're going to be an interesting team to watch. And, you know, based off of what we saw last year with what Joe Burrow was able to do with, you know, not nearly, in my opinion, as much talent, um, it's going to be something to monitor. And I'm I'm pretty excited to see how this team comes out. I'm not sitting here saying that they're going to win 10 or 11 games, but It'll definitely be a fun season, I think, to watch as long as we can stay as healthy as possible. So just buckle up and be ready for the ride because I, I definitely am, and I can't wait to see what this uh, team puts out as far as a product on the fifth. I, I'm not – you know, I don't want to look past any teams. I'm not trying to look past week one. But here's a question for everybody. How worried are we about an Andy Dalton revenge game? Wait. <laughs> no. It, it, it... <laughs> I'm as worried about Andy Dalton as the Browns in that that Thursday night football game uh, in his career. That's about as worried as I am about Andy Dalton's revenge. The, I honestly the, don't know how how good he's going to be when he knows he has Fields behind him. Like just like watching how like I, I honestly don't know if that's going to be a factor for him. He didn't have to deal with that in Dallas because Dak was hurt, and right. you know I think he was he was very up and down in in this preseason. I don't know if the Fields has if that situation had had an impact. So I'm very interested to see how he does knowing that his, his time is limited. The head tells me not worried. And the, the heart, the longtime watcher of Bengals games tells me to be worried. I overall though, guys, I, what, what was Andy Dalton's kryptonite pressure in terms of, of the, uh, the size of the game, the size of the moment pressure, when it was when it was 1 p.m. Eastern and you're playing a, a really bad Jacksonville team and you're supposed to beat them by two plus touchdowns, a bad Tennessee team at the time, whatever, and you've got Sanu and Marvin Jones and AJ Green, hey, everything's awesome. When it's playoff time, when it's prime time, when it's a game that has some big storylines associated to it, Andy Dalton crumbles a little bit. So that maybe uh, we'll he played well against him last year, but that wasn't the same Bengals team at that point in time. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we have we had someone ta- tell us they were from uh, I think South America. They were watching us earlier. We've got another text Brazil going yeah Brazil coming in from Ontario Canada. Brazil is hard. It's Dave. Uh, did you guys know kickers are people too? They, he is asking about Evan McPherson's. Stat predictions this year. Uh, he says something to the effect of 27 of 30 with 450 plus yarders. Is that expecting too much? No, let's expect let's expect a great year from Evan McPherson. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think he'll, he'll, he'll be a, a solid yarder. kicker. You he'll, said a 60 yard? yarder? He'll hit a Ooh. six yarder this year. Like he'll, like he'll at least get to, get to attempt it, which they've never been able to be comfortable doing. So right. I think he'll do it. I think he's going to be a huge factor this season uh, for the Bengals. I have seen some people making 
the Justin Tucker comparisons, I probably wouldn't go that far, but I think he'll be a good kicker. I mean, it'll be it'll be nice, knock on wood, to not have to worry about any, you know, field goals or having to go for it on fourth down because we don't trust him. So I think it'll be good to be able to come away on drives knowing that, you know, you got your ace in the hole, that kicker that can always make that field goal because those things matter, especially when you talk about the last two-minute drives and, and things like that where you're trying to get a game-winning kickoff field goal, he's a guy that can definitely change um, that aspect for the Bengals. It's going to be interesting to see how, if just how differently the Bengals, Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, how they kind of approach games now with a potential weapon like that. They never really had a guy that could hit, you know, I mean, granted, Wendy, we're crowning this kid a little too soon here, but from what we saw in preseason and training camp and his resume and all of that, it seems like he can hit deep kicks with regularity. So it's going to be interesting to see, how that alters the game plans and in-game decisions for Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan in terms of going for it, in terms of maybe not going for it because they have a guy that could kick it, uh, you know, five, 10 yards further than their previous kicker, potentially with higher accuracy. Um, so how they, how they attack games is going to be really interesting. And it's been kind of the off season of Darren Simmons. He got a new kicker. He kind of had his say, it seems with keeping a guy like Stanley Morgan and Mitchell Wilcox, uh, both special teams contributors. So, um, you know, I think he, he continues to have a lot of sway in the in the organization, obviously. October 17th, Bengals-Lions, McPherson versus Cybert. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's the show to watch for. That is, that is yeah. a show. I, I mean, it, it's particularly interesting, too, when you look at, like, you think of all the one-score games we've seen, you know, and, and I don't know how many were a field goal or less, but – I know game one last year was, you know, yeah. you, like, you know, it, that Chargers game, God. you know, you pull a guy out there that, that, you know, knows how to stretch out before going out for a kick. Like maybe, maybe things get rolling a little bit better right away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to get on out of here unless you guys got a couple others that you see there in the live chats or anything else that uh, we, we may have missed that we should be addressing. We see anything of interest. Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> it's the weekend, man. Let's get out of here. Get out of here. Okay. Before we do, before we do and uh, Ace, I hope it's all right if we share this on your channel as well. Maybe some of your listeners who uh, do not tune into our show would be interested in this, but we are partnering, at least the Orange and Black Insider is, with Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L, the website, S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P backslash O-B-I. It is a stock. It's like playing the stock market, but with sports. You can invest in the Cincinnati Bengals. You can invest in different teams. And when you use the promo code OBI, you get a little bit of incentive by signing up with Symbol. So if you play fantasy football, if you play survival football, if you play the stock market, any of that stuff, this is a fun way to invest in teams maybe you're passionate about or teams that you just feel you're able to make some money on. And if you love football, if you love the Bengals, if you love other sports, why not be able to make some money on teams and sports that you're passionate about? Right, John? Absolutely. Hey, Matt, real quick. Who do you think is winning the AFC East this year? Oh, geez. I don't know, man. Real, this... real quick, real quick, real quick. <laughs> uh, it's got to be the Bills. All right. So if you are confident in the Buffalo Bills winning the AFC East, then you got to go to symbol.app backslash OBI, get your free week of symbol gold, and invest in the Sim Bills. I think they're about $45 right now on the sim nfl market you can watch that value increase as the bills are racking up wins they win the afc east their value goes up then my good friend mac can either 
keep saving in the sim bills or sell it for a higher profit get that money back out into your pocket reinvest in the sim nfl market or the nba mlb or college football market it really is that easy it is the stock market for sports it's a lot of fun use the promo code obi to get your one free week of symbol gold going to sim symbol to bet on the sim bills that's right that's right (laughs) yeah yeah uh well hey i know we uh zim you've got pretty much you guys have got like double the amount of subscribers and whatnot that we do on youtube so i'm just gonna say if any of your subscribers want to hop onto our youtube channel or anything like that we would love to have them subscribe to our channel where you can get a lot of good stuff from matt in the corner there his chalk talk episodes joe burrow breakdowns and things of that nature and uh of course the shows that john and i do and and all kinds of different stuff so we appreciate letting uh letting us latch on to to your great following zim and in case there are some people you just called him zim <laughs> zim ace sorry ace and zim uh <laughs> ace instead uh if there are uh I, I guess if there's some people that are living under a rock and uh are not subscribing to your channel where where can they find all your stuff and and Follow you on yeah, Twitter you guys can definitely find me at New Stripe City and definitely be sure to subscribe to the OBI Insider YouTube channel and definitely be sure to hit that thumbs up um, so that you can hear all of this great Bengals content because that's what YouTube is about is pushing the culture forward, getting as much Bengals YouTube content out there. But you can find me on YouTube at New Stripe City. I also have another YouTube channel. Um, if you want to hear some views from the AFC North, it's called AFC North Talk. So please be sure to check that out as well. And then I'm on Twitter at New Stripe City. Awesome. And Matt, where can people find your stuff? At Coach Minnick uh, on Twitter. Pretty much everything gets linked through there. So you'll, you'll see me here on this YouTube station and then uh, on Cincy Jungle as well on my on my written work. But we also do some film rooms on there. So, uh, you know, if you don't want to just sit and watch the whole thing, like there are kind of small little things we can read a little bit, watch a little clip and, and kind of take it in in smaller little pieces uh, with those film rooms. So we'll have a film room. We'll have a video every week. Awesome. And John, I know you've got a big Twitter following and whatnot. Aside from hearing you on our show, where else can people find you and get your hot takes? Yeah, I guess you can follow me on Twitter if you really want to. I don't know, <laughs> like, there's, there's too many of you out there anyways, but add John two underscore Sheeran. And obviously, since the jungle with Matt, Ace, and you as well, Anthony. Yep. Uh, final thoughts, guys. Let's bounce out of here. Ace, what do you got for us? Get ready for the season, man. Enjoy the weekend for sure. Spend time with your family, and yeah, let's get let's get ready for the season. And you and Zim are going to be at Paul Brown Stadium for kind of a special deal in Week Four, right? Where you're going to yeah, be- me and Zim will be there. We will be joined by Joe Goodberry, James Rapine, Jake uh, from Locked On, Yaz, Commissioner Yaz will be there, Malik Wright. I hope that I'm I don't forget anyone else. But uh, yeah, we'll all be there Week Four. Uh, I think I have a link in the description if the tickets aren't sold out yet uh, for that game. So we'll be in town, Hootay Nation. Um, it's going to be a great time. So definitely show up and and definitely come through. And we'll be able to watch the Bengals on Thursday night and watch Joe Burrow take on Trevor Lawrence. Andrew's going to be there. Yeah. In the comments. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew. We'll see you know what I mean by a point like this? <laughs> <laughs> John, really? love you, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> love you, Andrew Siler. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try and get with Malik uh, on our show. I think he's maybe been on your show before, Ace. I I, I am a great great follower there for Bengals news and whatnot. Um, yes, but thanks sure. thanks for letting us latch on to to your yeah. channel, Ace, and thanks for all the content you you 
and Zim put out for the podcast channel and everything. You guys, you guys knock it out of the park, man. Um, Don't sell you guys short either, though. Come on, Anthony. Well, <laughs> Matt, what do you got? What do you got for us? You expectant father, you, uh, and you got to let us know when that big news drops so we can properly congratulate you, my. Well, friend. when I go full ghost for a couple of days, like you don't even see there me on go. Twitter, that'll be <laughs> that'll be a good indicator. But uh, no, I mean, I'm 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 expectant of uh, of good things from this team too. Uh, yeah, I mean, like it's injuries, right? Like I, I think they've got some talent. They've got a chance to to make a pretty good run. Um, so don't sell this team short. Don't sell your expectations short. Uh, they've got the guy. They've got you know they got the guy at quarterback. They got the talent on offense, um, and it looks really promising on defense too. You know, I think Lou does some really interesting stuff. It just hasn't worked, but hopefully they've got the guys yet. But like every once in a while, he does some stuff, and I'm like, oh, okay, that, that, that'd be pretty cool. Like poorly executed, but pretty, you know, like <laughs> like you're like like you see things, and you're like, all right, I would run something like that if I like, if I had the right guys. He didn't have the right guys, but um, yeah. So th- there's they 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 could surprise people. They could really sneak up on people. They could they could make a pretty uh, pretty solid run this year. So uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see how it all comes together. Um, it is going to take some things, you know. It's going to take a lot of. It's going to take some good coaching, you know. So we're really going to see what these guys are all about. And and obviously Zach and Lou have taken a lot of heat. And this is. It's going to go one way or the other this year. You know, we're going to see if that that heat was deserved, or we're going to see what they really are. Yep. Yep. Well said. John, my my uh, co-host in arms, my Bengals comrade here, close us out, my friend. What do you got for us? Yeah, I guess if we're just doing prognosis of the season, just be just be freaking interesting, man. I've been we've been yeah. doing this for many years. Combine all of us. I've been doing this for five years, and they've sucked all five years. Just be interesting, so we're not checked out by December. You know, whether that's eight wins, whether that's seventeen wins, whatever. Let's Maybe you should just, retire. Maybe it'll be good you know, for honestly, it, it could be. It could be like it would. It would unload a lot of stress from these shoulders, I guess. But you know, something is just keep keeping me coming back. So we'll see. Yeah. Mail mail those lucky rabbits' feet, those four leaf clovers, everybody to John Sheeran. <laughs> Uh, no, I, 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 you know, I just kind of said with this team this year, I, I, they may not be, they may not have a winning record. I kind of think they could be in that area though, that 500 ish, give or take a game or two. That's kind of my prediction, but I do think based on the weapons and how they've improved their team, I have kind of said this a little bit that I think if they're going to lose, they're going to lose fun. They're going to lose by putting that. There's not going to be the, the lopsided. I mean, I know it doesn't sound great, but there's not going to be these. I don't think there's going to be these huge lopsided 30 to three type of Baltimore games or anything like that this year. I think they're going to be very competitive. I think they're going to be fun to watch that, you know, take that for what you will, I guess, but like kind of to the point of what John said, you know, just be interesting, just be fun and and win some games, be competitive, show improvement. I think that's the name of the game. And obviously if that leads to a wild card berth, a division title, what have you, we'll see. But if you are new to this show or the Cincy Jungle channel, anything like that, you can go get our shows, Orange is the New Black, Chalk Talk for Matt Minnick, uh, Orange and Black Insider. They are all on your favorite audio streamers, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the major ones. So go subscribe to that. Leave us a review, hopefully a positive one. That would be greatly appreciated if you did that. Go subscribe to the New Stripe City 
YouTube account, go subscribe to the Orange and Black Insider YouTube account as well for all kinds of different content. We've got interviews, film breakdowns, uh, analysis, post-game shows, all kinds of different stuff coming your way, courtesy of all of these guys and one who left us a little earlier in Zim Day. But go check out everything that we uh, are putting out. We, we have fun doing it, and hopefully you all enjoy it. But for Ace, for Matt, for John, for Zim, I'm Anthony Cazenza. This has been a Cincy Jungle Podcast roundtable. Take it easy, everybody. Who day? Who day? Who day? Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it had a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school.